0: Stress in ministry is unavoidable, kind of like life, but we don't have to succumb to it. The problem comes with how we respond. We're going to bring up 10 things that we can do that will help us with stress next on the Church Solutions Podcast.
1: It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's episode 340 to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, it's summertime officially here in Tucson, Arizona, with, with temperatures hitting the triple digits.
1: It is. I uh, I have a good friend I went to high school with in Texas that just moved to Phoenix. And I was telling him, it's not going to be that bad. You're going to be fine. And when the temps hit in the 90s, he called me and said, you know, it says it's 90 degrees out because it doesn't feel anything like 90 degrees but
0: now it's gonna be 110, probably where he is, yeah, and yeah. he's gonna feel it. <laughs> yeah, it's warmer in Tucson or warmer in Phoenix than it is Tucson normally. I <laughs> yeah. you know, I when I was in Kansas, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, that they, they got their summers getting the mid 90s sometimes and even even a little hotter. And I thought, oh, ah, you know, I've been in Tucson all my life, uh, pretty much all my adult life, no big deal here. But in Kansas, they had a lot more humidity.
1: Yes, and that's so where
0: I felt it. <laughs> yes,
1: that's where I grew up yeah in humidity so yeah. it does make a difference
0: it does it does it's the it big does. joke
1: but it's a dry heat it is so for the most part. it's uh yeah, yeah it's actually in the shade even at 90s
0: very not you know very yeah. with a breeze going
1: feels yeah. was good
0: yeah yeah so now we brought everybody up to our uh, temperatures in paradise here uh uh yeah i uh yeah we came back from san diego a couple of weeks ago and we loved it and now I want to go back, although although my wife is still sick. We all got sick from my son who took whatever he had and gave it to all of us. But my we're pretty much all done now. But man, my wife is still dealing with uh, sinus issues and everything else. So, anyhow, so we're we're here to talk about something different on the podcast. By the way, it's brought to you by mychurchdaily.com. Just look it up on the on the website. Go to mychurchdaily.com. It's a great way to connect with uh your people, especially during the summertime, you could do a flash briefing. If you uh, are familiar with Alexa devices, and Amazon Echo devices, uh, they offer flash briefings and uh, sports, weather and all that stuff. But your church could do a flash briefing every day if you wanted to. And uh, mychurchdaily.com makes it happen. I was just talking to somebody the, actually yesterday, My old my old church, one of the administrators there now was asking me, how, how can we keep connected with our people during the summertime? Because you know we just talked about Tucson. A lot of people leave Tucson, especially <laughs> if you're a little bit older. They leave and come back for the winter. And I said, well, there's always MyChurchDaily.com. So anyhow, check it out. And uh, it might be something for your church. It's a free 14-day trial. So Steve, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're talking about stress
1: in ministry, prim- primarily for the pastors.
0: Yeah, primarily for pastors, although I will tell you this, that I think that it it applies not just to people in ministry, but for everybody. Plus, uh, even if you may not be in a staff position, uh, even volunteers can get stressed out. In fact, if you're a volunteer of your church and you're working a job and doing other things and then you're helping out your church, either in the evenings or weekends, uh, you can feel the effects of stress. And uh, so, you know, it's summertime here as we've mentioned several times now, but this would be probably a good time to really maybe evaluate some things. Cause for me in my life, I spent many years in ministry uh, and I was stressed, but I just didn't, I didn't really realize it or at least it didn't. I felt like, ah, eh, no big deal. I'm stressed. So what stress is part of life. And that's true. Stress is part of life. It's especially in ministry. It's unavoidable but sometimes you're not really aware of it and it still has effects on you and the people around you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. What I'm saying? You just feel, yeah, so what? I'm stressed. I'm stressed. So um, it's good to be aware of it and it's not, it's not really extreme stress is not normal. And uh, if you're in ministry uh, or even as a volunteer, you can go through that. So I've got some stats here that actually go back a few years. And if we publish this on our blog, Uh, I'll give you all the references to it. Some of them go back a few years, but let me just share a few stats here because for some people it's eye-opening what what stress is and the the amount of pastors and people that have stress. So here's a few of them right now and feel free to comment on these. Uh, 75% of pastors report being extremely stressed or highly stressed. So that's three out of four pastors. uh, I would think it'd be, I've never
1: been a, a pastor having to come up with a message every week, I would be stressed every
0: week. Just thinking about having to come up with a message every week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, that wasn't such a big deal, but, but it was the other thing. And for most me. pastors too, I'm but, I, but, yeah, I will never yeah, be a pastor. So you know it can be, it just depends. You know, that's why there's little things you do when it comes to messages, topics, topical stuff and series and all that stuff. But yeah, 75% extre- report being extremely stressed. Uh, 90% work between 55 to 75 hours per week. And, you know, it's the old joke, hey, you only work on Sundays, what's the big deal? <laughs> but uh, you really do, if you take your ministry seriously, uh, you're putting a lot of hours in, and that can add up, that that can create stress. 90% feel fatigued or worn out every week. Now, I didn't feel that way for a long time. Until the stress finally caught up to me. And, and I think stress is accumula- accumulative, which we can get to in a moment here. But uh, many of them, you know, you know, nine out of 10 are fatigued, worn out every week. And, you know, when you're fatigued and worn out, you don't do your best work. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not I your know. best person. You're not your best <laughs> self, you know? Yes. For me, right? the, the grumpy Steve takes over. So Yeah. You know, it, it's hard, you know. Uh, 70% say they're grossly underpaid. And that could be the case. And by the way, you know, if you if you're a volunteer, somebody on, on your board or something listening to this podcast, you know, pay attention to these stats because your senior leaders may be, you know, going through a lot of this stuff. So they feel like they're they're underpaid. 40% report a serious conflict with a parishioner at least once a month. And that's pretty normal. I think too, you know, you yeah,
1: there's, yeah. Throw in another stat here. Um, if you're in leadership and 10% of the people aren't angry with you, you're not leading. Right. right? So, yeah. so there's, there's, you know, being in leadership is going to have some people get it's going to introduce some conflict.
0: It, it, it always will. It's part of life. Uh, the old joke used to be, "I love ministry, I just don't like the people." Uh, you know, it's it's a joke, but but it's true. I mean, you know, it's people people present problems, and and that's just part of the deal. So, and that but that adds to your stress, is what I'm getting at. It, it just adds to it when you're having to deal with conflict, especially you know if if it's more than usual. Seventy eight percent were forced to resign from their church. Sixty three percent at least twice. <laughs> Most commonly because of church conflict, and and you know, yeah, that's um, the the person I was talking with last yesterday afternoon. You know, they they're the guy that they chose uh, had to resign. He was relatively new, but he had to resign because of conflict. Eighty percent will not be in ministry. Eighty percent will not be in ministry ten years later, and only a fraction make it a lifelong career. Um, the average seminary-trained pastors last only five years in church ministry. That, that to me, is incredible. Yeah. I, I, I think some of that has to do with just not a good understanding of what you're getting into. <laughs> you yeah. Uh, you, you feel like, oh, you know, this will be great. I get to speak Sunday mornings. I get to help people. You know, I get to see people connect with God and each other. And that's all true, but there's other factors that enter in, and because of that, uh, you know, stress enters in, and and it's but that's that's an ad, that's a stat that I find really kind yeah, of it's amazing. Eighty percent won't be in ministry ten years oh. later. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent of over a thousand reformed and evangelical pastors had a colleague who had left the ministry because of burnout church conflict or, or moral failure. So again, uh, you, you, know, you know, somebody that's been involved in ministry that they're out, they're done. And, uh, you know, again, stress, uh, stress can, can have an effect on your moral conduct as well. So all that stuff adds up. And then the last stat there, we have lots of stats here, but I'm not going to get into them. But the last one is 91% have experienced some form of burnout in ministry I'm one of them. And 18% say they are fried to a crisp right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all these things, they add up. And so uh, it's a struggle. Um, so we're going to talk about 10 things here. There's lots sure. of things you can do. We play. got 10 things. We got 10 things that you can do that that hopefully will help. If you're a leader in ministry of some capacity, even if you're not a leader in some capacity, these things can help you and help the people around you. So that's what I was going to talk about 10 things here. Uh, so shall we just to deal that?
1: with or to avoid or yeah. to yeah. resolve
0: things, things that you should look at. And, and so uh, I threw all those stats out just simply because you got to be aware that that stress is out there. And if you were dumb, like me, you just didn't realize, Oh yeah, I'm stressed. So what, uh, but people knew I was stressed uh, my wife knew I was stressed. My my son knew I was stressed, but I I was too too dense to to really kind of figure it out. I don't know So that, that was, ties anyway. into the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. Admit that something is out of kilter in your life. That's the first one. Admit. Uh, simply naming your problem is the first step to solving it. Now, so uh, that 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 involves really taking a look at your life, and are things going the way you 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 want them to? Are you happy, not that happiness is the key to life, anything like that. But, but, you know, are, are things moving along? nicely, Or is there something that just doesn't seem right? Or if you're dumb, like me, ask some people that are close to you, going, Hey, how am I acting? You know, mm-hmm. do, do I, do I seem like myself? Do I, you know, I mean, you've got to and that kind of ties in with the second one. That's, you know, you have a close friend that you can deal with, but, but you've got to admit it. First of all, if you don't admit it, if you don't see it, uh, not a whole lot's going to change until everything yeah. comes off the rails, and, and that that can be a disaster for everybody, including your church. So admit that something's out of kilter, and and uh, that's the first step to solving it. Uh, pretty self explanatory there. The second one is share share with a close friend for support. Um, <clears throat> I, I sure hope that if you're in ministry, that you have at least a couple of close friends, uh, and I know that's not easy. Uh, I have three really close friends that I've known for over 40 years, and uh, I'm really glad that I can share with them things, and I I can share with them, or they can share with me, you know, things. So, uh, you you really need a a close friend for support. Uh, If you're married, uh, hopefully your spouse fits in that category. That's that's where I was
1: thinking, too. It must be really tough if you're not married. Uh, And, yeah. yeah, But But even in marriages... even you're right. It's a, that may be a source of stress, right?
0: It can be, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah, it, it can be. So it's not marriage isn't the answer. Sometimes it's the problem, but, yeah. but you really want to have a close friend, somebody you can trust somebody that, you know, has, has outstanding character and, and somebody that hopefully you've built some relationship on. Um, And look, if you don't have somebody like that, and I think I've got this down on my points here, down the list here, but if you don't have anybody like that at all, or even if you do, uh, counseling would be a good choice, but we'll get to that in a minute. So uh, that's the second one, share with a close friend. So, All right,
1: let's move on to number
0: three. Number three. um, So take an honest look at your average week. So this again, comes back down to really, Checking the time. This comes back down to, you know, really looking, analyzing your your life a little bit, analyzing your week. Take a take a, a good look at it. Uh, and and is there any time in your life where you really have a full day of rest where you're not involved in ministry at all? Uh, if if you have got ministry going on every single day of of, of your week, you got to do something different. Something's got to change. Uh, delegate or just. Figure out a way not to make it happen. Put it on a different time of the, of the week or something. Um, you know, one of the things that your pastor, who I, I knew really well for a long time, was he was really big on on taking time off and taking days off. And uh, uh, you know, he's been in ministry forever, Jeff Love, and uh, I think that's part of the reason he's he's he he, mm-hmm. he, he guards his time. He guards yeah. his time. Uh, he has a hobby, which I don't know if I have it on this list here, but he, he has a hobby that he's into does artwork and painting and all that. Uh, so. Uh, he was always good at that. And he really pushed me, you know, to, Hey, you know, you need to take these days off. You need to guard your time off. Right. Uh, you know, spend time. Even with if your family,
1: it, relax. Yeah. If yeah. it means scheduling it on your calendar.
0: Like, oh, let me see what I can do. Nope, Friday's all booked up. Friday's <laughs> booked up. And so that, that means setting boundaries up, uh, right. you know, people. And there's all these people. Yeah, you know, we're talking about people, parishioners, people, members in your church. You know, they, they want to meet with you. They want to see you leadership team people, board people. Sorry, Charlie, we're not going to make that happen. Uh, Friday's my day off or whatever it might be. Monday's your day off or whatever. So uh, he was real big on guarding your days off. And, and really, I think even in his case, I think we used to do Thursdays and Fridays. I don't know if they still do that. Uh, at your yes, church, they do. But, so that That's was two their days weekend. Off. because Saturdays, Yeah, they worked on Saturdays. You know, they had so we had services Saturdays. on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. So so Thursdays and Fridays were days off. And and really, so you know, you really need to analyze what's going on in your life, and especially your workload and 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 time off. You know, when I. When I resigned, I was doing this job for years as as well as working different churches, helping them out, just on a part-time basis. And so when I was done here with streamingchurch.tv, I would be jumping in the meetings on Zoom or or going places before the pandemic. Uh, I was working on things. And then when I finally resigned at the end of 2020 from that church, it's like, I would be done here. It's like, wow. I don't, I don't have anything else to do other than just relax and talk to my wife or my son or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, wow, this is weird. I actually, I actually have my evenings free. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot of bi- vocational pastors out there and I know that's hard to do, but you've got to schedule some time where you just don't have to worry about uh, work and about ministry.
1: Right. Yep, And just plan it out. I think like what you said to our pastor does, just, it's just a given. Like yeah. Thursday, Fridays, yeah. not ministry
0: day. Yep. yep. So, yep. can't get a hold of him. He <laughs> won't return your calls. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't during the week, anyhow. But but you know, especially on his days off. So, all right, that's a little jab there. All right. So number four, uh, start, <clears throat> and, and it, this is something Rick Warren used to talk. I don't know if you know who Rick Warren. Well, you know who Rick Warren is, but Rick Warren, founder of Saddleback. Uh, He's who, resigning. I saw recently. Uh, you know, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. He, it's he's like this some week. health yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, or he's yeah. retiring. He's not resigning. I guess he's retiring. He's been with them for
0: 30-something years. Started it in there. Yeah, in
1: the yeah. yeah or more. 90s, I but know. I think yeah. I saw that he's yeah.
0: retiring. Yeah, I didn't even see that. But uh, Rick Warren, whether you agree with how he does things or not, he's real big on, you know, you got a problem? Take a nap. Or... At least sleep on it. Get a good night's sleep before you deal with something. And so I've got this little tidbit in a note. Start getting 30 more minutes of sleep each night. Most people, and I don't have the stats here, but you can look it up. It's very relevant. Most people don't get enough sleep at night. They're, They're either watching too much TV or they're working or whatever it might be. So I'm real big on sleep. And so I try to go to bed early. And uh, my wife will give me some flack on it sometimes, but it's like, no, I've got to get my sleep.
1: Yep. It's important to get your, to go to bed early. I think I I just finished a um, a devotional that their content, it was, had three steps to, you know, increasing your spiritual life. One of the, step number one, they're all very practical. Step one, one was wake up before the sun comes up. Go. That was their yeah. deal. And then basically, and then had a couple others that followed up with it. I was like, wow, that's, yep. no not quite, it depends on half the year I wake up before the sun comes up.
0: But, well, here in Tucson, yeah.
1: Yeah, but the sun comes up at like 445 right now
0: or start yeah. getting light out. Days were that's longer. pretty early, so I don't quite get up that early. Yeah. But yes. But still, you know, you're, you're getting up early. But, you, you know, you've got to get sleep to do that. I'm also you know, in bed you, at 8 o'clock you some have to nights. Go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, hey, if I'm tired, I go to bed. Uh, yeah. If it is 8 o'clock. I know that sounds like we're grumpy old men here. But the truth is, sleep is healing. It's it's yes. healing for your body physically, and it's healing for your mind.
1: Yes. And, so, and, and if you look at getting, you know, stress in, in people's lives, that's, often a case of, wow, you're just, you're not getting enough um, sleep. You're not getting sleep will
0: make all the difference in the world. It it really will. And, and I had a really good friend who, he had a terrible issue with insomnia, but he, uh, this was long before Alexa devices and, you know, smart speakers, but he, he would play music that was uh, soothing music or uh, ocean, you know, the water or whatever. The white noise, I think they call it, whatever. But, but so if you have anxiety issues and don't sleep well, you know, try some things to do that. There's, and you can look it up online, but, you know, maybe soft yeah. music, and, dark. And a lot of people go around saying,
1: well, I only need six hours of sleep, but mm-hmm. I'm fine. I think I think if you start adding 30 minutes to sleep to your, or to your sleep each night. You're going to be better off.
0: Yeah, everybody's different, but but I, I think, you know, and that may be true for some people, but uh, you got to get sleep. So, you know, if you're good for six hours and feel refreshed after six hours, good for you. But like you were saying, I would suggest experiment a little bit, maybe try seven hours and see if, if you feel even better, you know? Yeah, so, that's true. All right. All so, right. Number five. All right. Number five, have a life, have a life outside of ministry. Um, have a hobby, maybe, uh, join a club. Uh, and, and I put this down and some people get mad at me for doing this, but I said something, join a club where you're not around Christian people. (laughs) Do I have any bitterness there? I I don't know, but I I think, uh, I did this. So most people know I'm in the Jeeps. when I started a church in Kansas, uh, there was an ORV parked about 360 acres, about 40 minutes from us. And, uh, I, I, one of the reasons I went there was I, I really like taking my Jeep out on this ORV park and it was by a lake and everything. And, and so I met people and we actually ended up starting our own club, our own off-road club. And a, a number of them actually started going to my church and became Christians, but uh, I went there not to try to convert a bunch of people. I just went there cause I wanted to be off-roading and I thought, yeah, it will be good to be with some people that, you know, and, and it was awesome. I mean, the whole time I was there, almost eight years, you know, it was, it was a real point of helping me deal with stress. And, uh, you know, we got a little extreme because we got into like a building our rigs, spending too much money on our rigs and stuff, but it was fun. We had a lot of fun together. So my encouragement to, to anybody is get a life outside of ministry, whatever that might be. We mentioned Jeff love was, was, is a painter. Uh, he does painting, uh, but whatever you like, you know, uh, Muscle cars, motorcycles, swimming, some kind of sports, fishing. I used to do fishing years and years ago. Uh, Golf was never fun for me because I I had temper issues. And so I'd go on the golf course and get, get angry. I'd be angrier after I got done with my golf game than I was before. So, but find something that you enjoy basketball. And I understand some people listening, maybe athletically, you can't do some of that, but there's, there's other things you can do that take your mind off ministry, get you outside of the ministry uh, build some relationships. You know, it's, it's great to be able to build some relationships that may not be Christians. In fact, getting back to your pastor, Jeff Luff, he used to do things and he would never tell anybody if they didn't know him. He never told them that, that he was involved in ministry. In fact, they would ask him sometimes, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't do it, but he wouldn't tell people. But, you know, find something out there that helps you disconnect and, uh, you know, hiking, maybe whatever it might be, do it and it will help with stress in your life. All right.
1: Number six is related to number three, I guess. So it's scheduled time at the
0: beginning of the year for your vacation. Yep. Yeah. Um, the first two years I was senior pastor of a church, I never missed a Sunday. The first two years, I never met. Now I did take some time off during the week. Uh, different places, we'd go to Kansas City. But uh, I think it's more important than ever to schedule time off. So so when I say schedule at the beginning of the year, they, there needs to be a plan for the next 12 months in your life, in your family's life. So really sit down and just don't play it by ear, but but plan it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't change your plans. You know, Maybe you decide you take your vacation in July and it's not going to work out. But you can change that. But I would really strongly encourage you to schedule time off. Uh, and 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 make sure that, you know, plus if you schedule it, you can get people to cover you in the pulpit. You can get people to cover you, whatever it is you might be doing in ministry if you, if you do in an advanced time. If you wait till yeah, I'm gonna think I'll take a think I'll take a week off here next week. Well, good luck, you know, trying to cover and all that stuff. So schedule it. Schedule it. Yes.
1: All right. And this number seven was actually, I talked, you know, I mentioned I went to this devotional, which is just random. I just don't know why I remember it, but they, the, the second part, they said, get up before the sun and then basically meditate and pray when, after you're getting up early. So this next one is practice silence and solitude. Yep.
0: Practice silence. So, (sighs) Without getting into it a, a lot of detail, I think if you can schedule some time, some quiet time, and whatever whatever that looks like for you, uh, do it. So you know the TV's not going, uh, you're not necessarily listening to some devotional. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to devotionals or read devotionals, but, but I'm saying it, it for this particular thing. Try to just be quiet, and if you want to pray a little bit, that's fine. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I do this and it's, it's really changed my life. And it, all I can tell you is that, uh, it, it's a, it's an important spiritual practice. And if you really look historically, uh, throughout Christianity, uh, the people that were really great leaders historically, almost all of them, you can see some aspect of this in their life where they had silence meditations, the early Christian monks did this a lot, Uh, You know, you can go back to Jesus, you know, spending quiet time alone, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, he'd go places, he would retreat from the crowds, you know, if you want to look him as the prime example. So you see that all throughout history. And so no no matter what your religious persuasion is, or denomination is, you know, uh, when you when you spend some time practicing silence and solitude, uh, it it, it rejuvenates you and it it, I think it can bring clarity into your thinking. Uh, it just brings clarity. And look, it's not, if you've never done this, it's not easy to do. So I I would encourage you to not, not to just try it once or twice and quit, but really work on it for a few weeks and, and uh, set the pace, set the environment. I mean, I I have a place, this is actually where I work, but, but when I'm not working here, the light, the lights are down. And many times in the mornings I'll, I'll go in here and I have a fountain that you complain about that you hear, by the way, do you hear the fountain now? I did not. You don't hear it now, but it's running. So there's there's things. I have an environment that I've set up where it's. I have plants in here. Some of them are dying, but there's some of them are doing okay. So I have set it up where it's just peaceful. And so I know. Again, I'm we're talking to people on this podcast. If you got kids, maybe you're young or grandkids running around, you want to be able to find some place, even if it's outside. Uh, you remember Leon Trimble. Leon Tremel, old friend of ours, he had in his backyard a huge boulder. I mean, I don't know how he got it in there or how long they had it, but he had a huge boulder in his backyard, and he would go behind that boulder. And this is Arizona, as we talked about earlier in the podcast about the weather being pretty nice, but he would go behind the boulder and and just have his quiet time. So set something up, you know, do it intentionally uh, in an environment. Set the environment up where it's conducive, where you're not going to get interrupted with the phone shut off. The internet's not on. You're not looking at a computer and practice some solitude and some silence. And I guarantee you, it will help you with your stress. All right. Number eight. Number eight. Get away. (laughs) Get away. Vacation thing. Kind of goes with the vacation. Leave physically, maybe from your town once in a while. Don't feel guilty about it. Jesus, as we mentioned earlier, would many times leave the crowds. Uh, he didn't carry his iPhone around with him. Did he have an iPhone 3 or iPhone 4 back then? I don't remember. Yeah. But, but uh, he, you know, he, he, he would leave the crowds. He even left his disciples, you know, at times. And so uh, you get away a little bit. And and this is a little different from a vacation. I mean, yeah, you do that during a vacation. But even, even if you can just get away, I mean, we have a place here in Tucson called Mount Lemon. And uh, you can drive up to Mount Lemon about 45 minutes or so, and you're up seventy-five, eighty-eight thousand 88,000 feet. Get away from the town a little bit. Enjoy the weather. Uh, but you find a place where you can get away and, and leave the town. Don't feel guilty about it. And uh, again, we're talking about some tips here to help reduce stress. Yes. All right. Number nine. So at the very beginning, I alluded to this. You know, it's good to have a good friend that you can talk to, but uh, it might be good to find a coach or a counselor who can help you dig out from under this, especially if you've got a long history of depression or anxiety. Uh, You know, it's good even if you don't have a serious issue. It's good to periodically see somebody, a coach or counselor that can help you get your perspective right. Uh, My wife uh, has talked a lot about her childhood was not good. There was abuse in that thing. And uh, she's made remarkable strides over the years, but she still will occasionally see a counselor uh, because it's just good to do. You know, it's It's a healthy thing. It's a healthy thing to talk to somebody, especially somebody that's professional. And uh, it would be good to do that. uh, And it would certainly help you in your life. And then we'll we'll move on to number 10 here and then we'll be done. How's that sound? All right. Uh, Number 10, take a sabbatical. So uh we know somebody that's that's uh, well again it's actually connected to your church they they do sabbaticals for their staff how long they if they work for 7 years they get what I think it's 7, seven weeks. weeks 7 weeks off yeah uh, <clears throat> so 7 weeks
1: after 7 years
0: yeah so that's one way to do it
1: yeah and it is a sabbatical it's not a um you know vacation time off kind of thing it's supposed to be a uh, learning opportunity and, you know, to go and visit other churches and right. um, see how things are done in other places and kind of a, more of a, a learning and rest and away time, a refreshing yeah. time.
0: I, I know there's probably people listening to this going, well, we can't do that at our church. We've never done it. We've, we can't, we don't know how, whatever. And so I can just tell you that uh, when I was pastoring and we had actually had a church split and we were doing okay. And, and actually your pastor said, Hey, you know, you want to come back here and work with me, feel free. I used to work with them before. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so for the next year I plowed away and we we were doing Okay. But I started to really get burned out for a lot of reasons. It, I think stress is accumulative, as I was saying. So it wasn't just a church split, but it was a lot of things. And one of the people I was working with, some people that I had relationship with, they said, well, take a sabbatical. And I said, what? How am I going to take a sabbatical? We can't do that. We can't, you know. And I didn't take their advice. And in a lot of ways, I wish I would have. And, and I think they even said something about taking a year off. I'm like, whoa, I don't, you know, but, but whatever it is, consider it yeah, is what I'm getting
1: at. It's if you, if you plan for it, you can do it. I don't know if I mentioned you or not, but I have a good friend who um, takes a sabbatical every five years for a year
0: yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned that yeah yes yeah. it's from
1: a work uh, standpoint he just decided and i was like how do you take a year <laughs> off of your work he goes i just got to plan for it yeah. you know i've got to set money aside for
0: you know five yeah. years so that i can take a year off so yeah it's doable these guys so, would have helped me if i would have taken them up on it yeah, you because know, I was like, well, who's going to speak? Who's going to lead a church? Well, they would have done that. They they would have taken care of it. They, they were close in proximity. They were both in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was in a little town called Junction City, about two and a half hours away. So, yeah, you know, I didn't take them up on it. I, in some ways, I wish I would have. I mean, things worked out. Everything worked out okay. But at the time, I was like, ah, I can't do that. That's crazy. But uh, I would really suggest uh, that if you guys don't have some kind of sabbatical plan, and, and they all can look different, they don't have to look the same, but if you don't have something set up for your senior leader or even staff, uh, you guys should really visit that idea uh, where you take time off, you give them time off after so many years or so so long of a period of time. Really pursue that because it can really help the, the senior leader. And in the long run, it helps your church. Mm-hmm. You know, because going through pastors is hard on a church. You know, I just said, I just met with somebody yesterday. And it's like, they're just a mess. And, and uh, you know, they made some mistakes in handling things. But uh, so consider, consider that, you know. And look, if we can help you in any way here at streamingchurch.tv, you know, we, we're a tech company, but we all have, there's a number of us involved in ministry. Steve, you've been on boards, involved in ministry. Uh, Mike has, uh, all of us have been. Uh, We know people, so maybe you don't want me counseling you, and that's probably a good idea that I don't, but uh, we have people that we know that counsel. So if we can help you and your staff in any way, we are all about helping you. So just reach out to us, support at streamingchurch.tv. It can be confidential, and whatever we can do to help you or your leadership team or your church, we're more than happy to try to help any way we can. All right, sounds great. All right. With that in mind, we're out of time. Hey, if you like this podcast, the Church Solutions Podcast, be sure and share it with somebody. We talk about a lot of things, uh, not just all tech stuff, as today is evident of that. But if we can help your church, uh, share it with somebody, like it, give us a good review, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us uh, some Share some thoughts on it. And uh, that would be wonderful. It's the Church Solutions Podcast. Look it up, subscribe to it, and you'll never miss a podcast, ever. All right. There you go. Doing it for a long time. All right, Steve, thank you very much for your input on this. It's great to be here. All right. And most of all, of course, thank you, folks, for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. I'm Phil Thompson. We'll talk to you again next time. Take care.